Welcome back to the Wrong Advice Podcast. I'm your host, John Pacciuto, and I'm very excited to have the one and only Kai Wells on with us today. Kai, how you doing, my friend? What's going on, y'all? Pleasure to be had. Um, this is the first pod for me, uh, well, experience, and I'm, uh, I'm excited to get on and have a real, raw, natural conversation. I love it, man. Can you, uh, can you give a quick introduction to the listeners and who you are? Hello, uh, Media Land. Hello, listeners. My name is Nakai Wells. I am a creative. I would say um, that uh, found a passion in, uh, in photography, and um, it's a way of coping with my PTSD. I am a Marine Corps veteran, mm. and instead of shooting guns, now I shoot my cameras. Wow, I love out that. Out of New York City. I love that. When uh, when did you pick up your camera for the first time? I actually picked up my first camera while serving. It was about 1996. It was like a, a old DSLR. We were just like making like, you know, stupid, you know, little photos uh, while we were deployed. And I didn't really take it seriously. It was just something to do. Mm-hmm. And then I basically put it down for about 10 to 15 years. And then uh, the well, I walked into a uh, an event, and the photographer was short handed. Was a friend of mine. He was like, "Yo, I really need help. Just go around and take just take candid photos." I didn't know nothing about the camera, but then I took, you know, it, it kind of got me. I was like catching these natural experiences, natural human experiences. And after he put, you know, post produced the photos, you know, I didn't know nothing about it at the time, but a lot of the photos I took ended up looking a lot better than his. <laughs> so I was like, oh, let me uh let me let me let me see how much I like this. So I you know I invested in a little a crop sensor camera just to see. I didn't want to really break the bank, but just to kind of nudge myself in there and then all to the races. That's awesome. So from the very moment that you sort of put the camera back in your hand you were hooked again? Yes. It was uh I don't I don't I can't really pinpoint the feeling but it was like um it, it, it was different it was like a sense of euphoria you know it mm-hmm. was like i'm freezing time i'm capturing moments and then it was the reaction from the people that were hosting the event that like they were so like taken back by some of the photos i had taken it was like oh you know my aunt susan like i never seen her in this likeness and you know <laughs> I, that that part right there, like the gratification that you get from somebody um, looking at something that you like, uh, to me, I really didn't understand it, but it just felt different. It was a different feeling, and it was really gratifying. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I was I was uh, stalking your Instagram a bit before uh, earlier today, and I was struck by the immense positivity that comes through uh, on the subject's faces. Now, I don't know if that's like a you know, a trick that you have, you make everybody laugh or whether it's just you innately have an ability to like make sure you're capturing like positive moments like that. But talk to me a little bit about your process and, and sort of like what your workflow is like. Okay. Here's where the shit hits the fan. <laughs> if you go on my Instagram at Nikai Wells, you'll see there's a gradual progression and you can see where my photographic journey changes because, mm-hmm. um, my core is the street. I love capturing the human experience. Nothing is scripted, nothing is grafted. But I had a slogan that's saying, 
when I would approach people in the street, I'm like, smile, motherfucker. They look like, <laughs> what? Like, why would you say this to me? And that expression is like, <laughs> I, I, I would, I would, I, sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative, but still getting that reaction, it's, um, it, it, it was gratifying. I mean, I'm a big dude, so it's like if I say small motherfucker to somebody, then I could. I was gonna say know, that you're a big dude. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm. I'm like I'm like six one three fifty. So with you know tats, even though I, I talk, you know, hey, you know, I'm very pleasant, but looking at me is very intimidating. Yeah. So that I use to my advantage when I'm taking street photography, and I said I'm not gonna mug you. Uh, I usually try to get the subject to laugh. Yeah. Like, like I'm too. I'm too fat. If I mug and grab your purse, I ain't gonna get too far. <laughs> so um once I break, you know, break uh that little ice bit of ice with my subject that I want to photograph, I'm like, look, like you really look dope. You have a look. We in the street. I don't have a strobe. We're gonna use the sunlight. We're gonna we're gonna make something really fucking amazing. Really fucking amazing. And um that became like my, my staple getting the you know, the initial reaction from strangers. And trying to like, oh yeah, you look dope today. I'll, you know, I'll gas them up. Hey, you look, you know, oh, you got a really unique look. It's New York City. Everybody got a fucking unique look. Yeah, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that they were able to even take a couple of seconds to like have me like pose them, like they look at the sun, or you know, my 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 thing is I like to have people either turn all the way to the left or turn to the right to get like a side profile. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's just like that's like my like I don't know my gumbo. I don't know what the fuck it, it turns <laughs> me on. I don't know. Yeah. But um, so it went from that to really um, like once I started uh, engaging with uh, I would say vets in the game. I've had the uh, steam pleasure of having conversations with uh, Jamal Shabazz and Khalik Allah, oh, wow. and um, you know some of my other friends. That's that's more has been shooting for a lot longer and they really um broke it down about the the having a relationship with your subject and how that changes from just trying to do some ninja shit or you know shoot them from the back or you know just not interacting with your subject it changes the whole perspective of the photo yeah by interacting you get that closeness you get that sense of personalization it doesn't have to be scripted but the photo tells a story yeah totally so I focus more on storytelling than just snapping photos. Oh, I love you that. Know? Yeah, so I uh, I started my photography career doing street photography, like mostly as a hobby. Um, I'm, I do photography full time now as a job. But what what uh, I guess excites me most about street photography is like you never really know what you're going to see. Um, but when I first started, I had that really hard time of getting close. And I was like one of those people who were just like, you know, ninja shooting around the streets, trying to make photos from far away and cropping in. And I like I, I, I didn't have like the balls to like go up to people and like either a ask them for a picture or be close and, you know, uh, Bruce Gilden style, just flash them in the face kind of deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's kind of where I got that idea from with the, with the whole small motherfucker. Yeah, I, I think I watched a video and this white guy looking around like just strobing in people's faces i'm like what the fuck yeah that's bruce what (laughs) i i didn't know his name but i was like yo that's fucking balls and salute to you for like being a full-time creative like bro that is like i aspire to to cut the cord from like corporate america so to speak quote unquote Mm -hmm. and just go full balls on the wall like i'm learning the business aspects of it but it's it's hard to break away from 
the the doc like document documenting my experience experiences with my camera like it was very hard to break away from that yeah totally i mean listen it's not all sunshine and daisies like i got good weeks and bad weeks um but the good weeks make the bad weeks totally worth it right like I, i've beautiful, got beautiful yeah uh, a little backstory i mean so like in uh, 2020 i lost my job in the middle of the pandemic and uh i was sort of like completely thrown fucking with no idea what to do with my life so I basically traveled around the U.S. in my car for about 30 days, and I took like a million pictures. And, oh. uh, and I just sort of fell in love with photography, and I was like, this is what I want to be doing for the rest of my life. And I, I've been oh. I've been lucky in that for like the last almost two years now, I, I've been doing it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I've got, I'm, I got some good wins. I've got some big losses, and I'm, you know, just trying to keep on, keep on. All right. So are, are you in New York? I'm in Jersey. Yeah, Montclair. Are you in Jersey? Did you have the opportunity to come to the city in the middle of a fucking zombie town? I did, yeah. Yeah. So for somebody that likes to interact with people and you walk around the city and it's like fucking it's empty. like World War Z empty. That shit it killed my soul. Yeah. I'm like nothing was going on and everybody's walking around like fucking ninjas and shit. Like I don't see no smiles. I see his fucking eyes. Yeah. So that was an impasse for me because I really didn't know how to get Create. people to drop the guard because people were dying. Like, yeah. you know, it was some scary shit. But at the same time, it's like that interaction that was helping me with my PTSD, that 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 camaraderie, that type of um, that give and take, that yin and yang that I had with my subjects was disconnected. So like for that year and to maybe uh like a year and a half, when the, you know, when the world opened back up slightly, you know, I was fucked up. Yeah. I was fucked up. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Like, I don't need to get into specifics on the PTSD, but I'm super curious how, you know, being creative and, and taking photographs has, like, aided in sort of your your PTSD and, and, and like, how it's helped you. Well, all right. So I have to go back to my military service. Um, my job essentially was to build and take apart bombs. Mm. I was explosive ordnance disposal. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it right? was it was like a lot of adrenaline. Um, I specifically was in a unit with recon and intelligence officers. And our job was essentially to uh, map out uh, towns in Iraq and Afghanistan, take census. And essentially, intelligence officers is like military gold. So any type of firefight, any type of military action or any type of opposition against us was met with full full assault mm -hmm. so there's a lot of firefights it, it was it was a shit storm mm -hmm. so um trying to assimilate back into civilian society was very difficult yeah so um again that instance with me holding a camera it kind of so like it was, it was, it was uneasy. Now, mind you, you kill people for a living. That's like, it, it fucks with your soul. Yeah. And you lose, you lose a bit of your soul. You lose empathy. You look at people as, um, like, it's hard. It's it's hard to explain, but you just lose your sense of humanity. There you mm -hmm. go. You yeah. lose your sense of humanity. You don't see people as humans anymore. And I was striving to find a connection. Yeah. And having a camera i don't know how but it created that connection in a sense that if that lady didn't say anything about the photos i probably wouldn't have been shooting today wow but just seeing just seeing her reaction to something that i quote unquote created 
that it 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 it, it was it was uh it was it was a wonderful feeling, and I kept on striving for that same feeling of wanting to be appreciated for something I created. Now you create kids and you create all this shit, but having a complete stranger that doesn't know you from a can of paint and seeing something that you create cause an emotional response that was the missing fucking link wow. that helped in my struggle with PTSD. Yeah, man, that's, I mean, that's fucking beautiful. Um, I, I have like a not similar situation, but you know, when I was going through a lot of shit, you know, losing my job, having no sort of semblance of self, like obviously it doesn't compare at all to going through PTSD from, from war and shit. But you know, it, it was in a way a, a therapy with me b- before I even like I have, I do therapy now just, just, you know, it helps. Yeah. But like in, in able to like see the world in a different way, like create sort of a perspective outside of what like my life was, was a big, big change. And it helped me tremendously just in terms of giving purpose. Right. And I think that that's super powerful. Um, for sure. Um, when you sort of started your journey, you know, a few, whatever, 10 plus years ago, when you, when you were picking up a camera and, and working your way through the PTSD, um, did you find yourself like, immer- you know, really immersing yourself in, in photo books and documentaries and shit like that? Like, are there any photographers who are big inspirations for you? Well, the first, the first, uh, time I picked up the camera, it was like the shits and giggles. It wasn't like, we were just like, we was going around the world taking pictures of like foreign chicks and you know, oh, we posing on top of fucking, you know, the Taj Mahal, doing some dumb shit. It mm-hmm. wasn't like I lost that camera. I probably have like three photos from my military <laughs> career. Like it was like it was film. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Nice. So I like that. I shoot film. I, 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 I shit that shit at a box to my mom. So I, she might still have it. I, I don't fucking know. But um, I when we picked up a camera, it was probably only like four years ago. Oh shit! Okay. That's that's when I started like really like. I took the dive and like I said, I bought a crop sensor camera and then like, I didn't know shit about it. Like I went through all this, you know, gas, this gear acquisition syndrome, mm-hmm. buying the fucking 90 lenses and all this <laughs> shit. And I'm like, oh man, this is, this, this is fucking, then I went Crazy. through the whole phase of, um, you know, I, I started, you know, finding other people that shoot and then I became, uh, you know, the gear envy, all oh, the Leica crowd. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm a like a file, even though I don't own a camera. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I want one, but this shit's like calling me. It's like like Pookie in New Jack City. Like, <laughs> I just can't fight it. You know, I, it's I, it's I a don't, I, it's a common occurrence, man. Trust me. Yeah, what the fuck though? Like, yeah. where they put like it's, it's not it, fair. It's voodoo, right? You yeah, know. it's not. It's, it's not fair. I don't know what the fuck it is. You but, know what um, it is? All the cool people shoot it, right? Like a lot of incredible photographers shoot it, and there is there is simplistic beauty in that sort of like very analog sort of uh, approach towards digital photography, which is, I appreciate. I, I had to like M6 for, for a few years, but I had to sell it because I was broke. Right. Now, I have a lot of friends that shoot Leicas, and, and it's like we go out on the street and other photographers approach them, and it's like, fuck whatever I'm walking around with. <laughs> I'm like, oh, what the fuck, bro? I'm just like, I'm like chopped liver. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah. But you know, a lot, a lot of my friends that I also shoot, they they just um when they, they create their pictures, they don't really do much post to it. Mm-hmm. And I I actually enjoy the post part. I like like it's like painting over a canvas. Like you have a stencil with the photo, but I actually enjoy the post part. It's like I changed my whole shit. Oh, that's cool. But um, so 
I said, so I picked up about four four years ago, and I started you know, getting really serious with it. Um, I still do street. I, I shoot everything, but um, I, 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 I always I'm in the streets every day, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. It's like to and from work. You always have a camera on your head. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I um, as I said, I, re- I referenced Jamal Strabaz again. Um, he was a CO, and he always brought his camera with him. He's also a veteran that seen that's been in the war. As I said, our, our past kind of aligned. So when I had a conversation with him, I was so so much in awe. He's a, a Gordon Parks fellow. Oh wow! And um, his his walk is similar to mine about capturing human experience. I just was missing the part, well, the jewel that he imparted on me was just building the rapport with your subject, actually interacting. And then, you know, once you break that ice with your subject, your your photo's gonna tell a story. It's not it's gonna be you, you know, capturing, you know, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. So be, being that I, you know, I, I work for the city, he worked for the city, he was in a, he's a veteran. I'm a veteran. He was in war, I was in war, but he always carries his camera with him. But he goes to work every day. So I always got my camera with me every day. I'm shooting everything I can. But when I see something that really I'm I, I might think I might be able to create a story with, I'll interact with the subject and be like, Look, you're fucking like I don't know what it is, you're already you're, you're fucking juju, but we gotta do this. I don't I I dropped a small motherfucker, you know, <laughs> I grew up. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I changed. I changed my approach, but I have like you know. I I think that um, that initial ice breaking that kind of disappeared, and that's when that's when the the whole real change from aside from the human connection that that might be helping the PTSD, that ice breaking that 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 you know frog in your throat where you you, you might you see something but you might not go after it, that should disappear. So now it's like I don't give a fuck. Like I'm like, yo, hey, you look dope. Y'all got a camera. Let's let's rock out. Yeah, I like that. I uh, I very very seldom ask someone if I if they mind if I take their picture because a lot of what I do from a street photography perspective is wanting to like sort of blend into the scene and and like like you when you're talking about post process like paint the scene like you know after right. you're like editing the photo I like doing that. Um, but like being there myself. So like, and, and I've, I've also changed my street photography completely. I, I strictly shoot on 120 millimeter film now. Like I don't even shoot mm-hmm. digital. So it's like number one, super fucking expensive. <laughs> and wow. number, yeah. And number two, I have to be a lot more diligent about what I'm capturing. Cause I'm only shooting 12 frames a roll. Right. So like at fucking damn near 10 bucks a picture, I got to make sure that they're Shit. Yeah, man. I mean, well, you got to figure the the film's like ten bucks. You know, that's a buck a, a buck a pick. You know, it's it costs about ten bucks or so to get it. Yeah, so it's like two bucks a picture. What am I saying? I'm terrible. So, I'm terrible the, what, at math. What, what that tells me though is that you really make sure every shot counts. Mm-hmm. You like a, like a sniper. You set up the scene. You wait for your subject to come in it, and you hit the motherfucker. Exactly. That's that that really commendable, man. I. I I, I don't know. I'm, I I shoot like I I, I shoot in like I stick and move. Yeah. You know, but as I said when the subject comes, I, I like to shoot portraits. Like buy a small thing, street portraiture. Yeah. No, that oh. that is one hundred percent how I would describe your work, and, and like I said earlier, the way I would subs- describe it is happy. Like there is inherent like uh I don't know, like lightness joy. and like joy. 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 Yep. It, that perfect. That's, that's, yeah. Well. 
all we see is negativity, no matter which way you turn in this world. So, you know, I take a lot of pictures of, of, you know, a whole bunch of shit. But what I'm going to put on display for everybody to see is the joy, the, the positive human experiences. I like capturing dancing. I like capturing, uh, you know, people just enjoying life, you know. Yeah. That's it. There's a, there's a clear defining line from that, that pandemic really changed every fucking thing. Yeah. You know, well, it made everything sh- worse. <laughs> <laughs> fucking you everything. Know, so, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, um, I'm super curious if like your experience in the military and like all that shit that you deal with and all that negativity and death and like all that fucking horrible shit informs the way you create art because you are trying to maybe portray the opposite. I, with hundred percent, hundred and fifty percent accuracy, I try to push that because it's, it's it's still a struggle. It's never going to go away. Mm-hmm. You know, the nightmares are never going to go away. But you try to help. You know, every every little thing you do, you try to help yourself. You know, in in, in that in that form. You know, you try to help yourself. And I think by projecting that energy, you're going to receive that energy. Oh yeah. So I agree. You know, it kind of like it's like if, if you push out nothing but joy and and happiness, even though the world ain't built like that, if that's the only thing that you really put your energy into, hopefully you'll be able to reciprocate that same good energy and keep it going. Yeah, man, that's beautiful. I, I completely agree. I've, I've found that, like, you know, I was a different person two years ago. Like, I, I was I was driven by different motivations. I had different, like, wants and desires. And, like, as I've sort of pushed that stuff aside, like, and I'm, I'm trying to lead, like, a much more positive, happy existence, like, Life has been better. Like I, I have been able to do more cool shit and enjoy my experience better because I've, I've taken a lot of pressure off myself to be a certain way, uh, make a certain amount of money. You know what I mean? Like check boxes off of social media that other people need to see me doing shit that doesn't really matter. Right. Well, at this, at this point in my life now, I'm like suffering from a little bit of creative envy. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to combat that. Like this is like my next hurdle. Because it's like I see a lot of my peers who maybe some are full-time photographers, but they are attaining this type of notoriety from, and I'm not shitting on nobody, but it's like when all, when, when there was a pro, the protest happened, I got a story about the protest because I went, um, when George Floyd got murdered, mm-hmm. I was in, I was in Brooklyn in, in the front lines and I was trying to capture and I actually got one of my cameras cracked. The cop hit my shit. Oh, and broke my camera. Yeah. And, you know, I had a lot of great photos. And none of my shit got any type of light. Mm-hmm. None of my shit got any type of notoriety. Then I see some of, I'm not even going to call my peers, but it's just. Other I, I photographers, that, yeah. Yeah, other photographers. Um, you know, I learned that there's a lot of clicky shit going on, but. I, I, for some reason, their photos got a lot of attention, and there wasn't really. It, it, it seemed more scripted than it was like the realization, hmm. you know, of what the fuck was really going on. You know, a lot of the, you know, the the pump the fist and all this other shit, but you know, the people getting bloodied up. But it wasn't really. It wasn't capturing the essence of what the fuck it was. Yeah, you know, and. Again, I'm not knocking nobody's creativity, but it seems like because any of my shit 
wasn't like even considered. And it goes to this this current day, like you know, they just had a um a, a DC exhibit where they had um you know black male photographers uh I guess submit their work for exhibition. Mm-hmm. And I have a whole shit ton of you know. It was, it was about Black Fatherhood. It was on the Juneteenth and, and Father's Day that just passed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my friends are in that exhibit. And I'm like, oh, shit. Nobody even said, hey, Kai, you should submit your shit to try to get on this yeah. shit. And I was like, well, one of the photographers in particular, I was with him when he took the fucking photo. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, shit. And for me, I, I'm I'm secure financially, so it's never about that bag. I'm not. I, I, I my brand, my I will never confirm. I've been kicked off of photo shoots for cursing out the creative directors for being assholes. Like I'm not with it. Like I'm not chasing a bag. I don't need the bag. Yeah. It's but I would like if I'm on you the want, path. To, you want some validation, and everybody who does anything creatively needs validation. Correct. Yeah, of course. Correct. I think the Correct. only I think the only thing that I can relate to that about is that like I struggle with that imposter syndrome and validation syndrome a lot. And I started to realize that like if if I'm super happy with what I create, hopefully it'll find its place eventually, right? Like, you know, I don't think any photographer is ever going to put you on and be like, oh, hey, go for this like gallery opening that I'm also going for because if your work's better, you're going to get it and they're not, right? That, so, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked it's up. It's true, Because though. <laughs> it, 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 I'm in the same token, like if, if, a, if a situation would come up where I would try to bring in my circle, bring in my community, I would definitely like spread it out. Like yeah. it's not about just fucking, like you should want to expand everybody. If you have a, a positive Image, you should want that energy to be reflected upon everybody. Yeah, but like, Kai, I, I agree wholeheartedly with you, but that mentality is few and far between. That's fucked up. Yeah, but that's the world that we live in. We live in that s- selfish, you know, the social media has created everyone the belief that they're a star in their own world and of their own reality show or whatever. And at the end of the day, there's not a lot of selfless people out there anymore. And I mean, turn on the news for five seconds, you could see why, right? So yeah. my, my thought process would ultimately boil down to your work is fucking incredible. It speaks for itself and it'll eventually garner the attention and the notoriety that it deserves when the time has come. I had my cherry popped. I got published by NPR, and I fucking lost my shit, dude. I I lost my shit. That's sick. it was uh, the story behind the photo that got published. Um, in Brooklyn, they was having a a black party, um, called St. James Joy. It's a small block in, in Clinton Hills, at the Clinton Hills Bedside border, and at seven o'clock every day they would ring the bell. Uh, as far as um, like how would they do? celebrating the essential employees mm-hmm. and everybody on that block would just come outside and stand on their steps and dance. They would play house music. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was a sense of relief because everybody was trapped in their house. And, and you know, it's just good to, you know, you hear the feel good tunes and word got around and this shit blew up to where people were in the street, like almost a thousand people, oh, you know, masked up at the time. Cause it was still, this is, I said, this was like, Right at maybe a year and a half. This is where my whole like shit changed. And they would play house music. They was, you know, 
one lady had stilts on with hula hoops. Like, <laughs> and these are like, you you would be surprised. Like some of the people that live in this neighborhood, like amazing people, and people were just letting it go release. So it was um, one dancer that caught my eye. She's an Alvin Ailey dancer that I found out later on, and she um, she was letting it all go. Like she hasn't been outside in a year and a half, and I caught that photo, and she was like arching her back, and they just it kind of what it showed was even though you know we're still entrapped, you know we was wearing masks and shit like that, you're still able to be to have some type of humanity left in your system. Yeah, and you're able to let it all go. Yeah. And NPR, that was my first published paid photo, and I fucking geeked out. How'd that feel? But now I got bit by the bug, and I was I'm like, yo, we're, what's, <laughs> what's next? next? Yeah, right. What's next? Dude, that's funny. So, um, so I mean, number one, that's fucking amazing. I've never been published in NPR or anything like that, so that's fucking sick. Um, number two, the biggest hurdle that I've sort of encountered in this creative career is like the, the way in which I measure success, right? Like, uh, is it how much money I make? Is it where I get published? Is it what jobs I get, et cetera? Um, and I'm super curious because, you know, just in talking to you for this short period of time, it sounds like, you know, photography in a way is like one of your great loves of your life. And I'm, and I'm super curious how you measure or even consider success in, in, in that art. My goal, my goal, and my one and only goal is to be published on Time Magazine cover. That's it. Okay. What about a gallery? Um, no, not as of yet. It it really, like, I've been to galleries, and I think that that's, no, I'm not going to say marginal, but it's, it's, it's a great way to display your work, and I I sell prints, so I kind of, like, kind of kibosh that, that whole, you know, that, that, that lust for that, Mm -hmm. but to have like, like the New Yorker, just have a fucking cover that would fucking, that would be my, that's my pinnacle just to have a major media cover. Yeah. I have my photo fucking whoever, like, I don't, I don't, man. So hypothetically one year from now, you're on the cover of time magazine. Do you still go out every day with your camera? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, I course. like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Oh, that will never stop. But as yeah. far as I, I would, I would feel like completely creatively complete. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's not even about like going to do bullshit photo shoots. Like, but that would, in my heart, solidify saying that somebody has accepted my creative work to this fucking level. That it's like the first thing you fucking see on a media pocket, I would fucking, I would be it. Yeah. No, <laughs> that I mean, would be yeah, it. for sure. I mean, it's, that would be it. I, I share a similar goal and a similar dream. It, it's funny because like, you know, as I said, I don't really know how to deem like what is success to me. Cause like at the end of the day, I get to do the thing that I fucking love the most in the world for, for a career. So that in and of itself is success to me. Um, but awesome. there are dreams. There are like, you know, scenarios and, and, and shoots that would be like pinch me sort of events. So I, f- I feel that like if, dude, if I had a cover of a magazine, I think I'd probably shit myself. I'd fucking, uh, well, I, don't I, know. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know it's possible. Cause my boy Devin, he got two time magazine covers and he's a young black dude in Baltimore. And I, I'm, I'm so proud of him cause he came from the bottom and you know, is, is, is you know, his talent for capturing 
again, the human experience, it, it, it propels him to that, um, to that stage. I call it a stage, you yeah. know, that that's for me, that's the, that's the pinnacle just to have the first thing somebody sees. And I'm like, Oh, I did that. Like I, I could stand by a new saying and fucking Tom Spare. Like that's me right there. Yeah, I would do some shit like that too. <laughs> I, 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 I would hold it. I would get the shit on the shirt. Like this is me. <laughs> this is me. I did this. It's my photo. That's, that's all I want. That's so, all I want. So what are you doing to achieve that dream? Besides, besides taking pictures every day. Besides doing the thing that you love. Like, are you seeking out cover opportunities? No. Like, what are you, what are you doing to get to make I, that dream I, come I, true? I'm a firm believer in being in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. And it's supposed to happen naturally because you can go out and seek it and you may find some shit you don't want to find. And I think that that may be uh, insulating a bad energy. So trying to remain positive, you know, I keep myself around um, positive experiences. I know like cultural festivals, whatever I could... No, whatever is going to circulate good energy, and I try to create a story um, with my camera. Hopefully, like something will walk into it, or if I see something going on, I'll, I'll, I'll run my fat ass over there and <laughs> do a quick roll, and you know, hopefully, I get a good shot. But I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything happens by chance, and I'm just waiting for that chance to happen. I agree too. I, I think to. You know, I don't want to completely say that everything in life happens for a reason. I think in in some ways we make our own luck and we make our own happenstance. But like to some degree, a lot of that shit is out of our hands. So I do agree with you. I, I think like at the end of the day, like I have some semblance of control on where my life goes. And I like to try to, you know, <laughs> force it. <laughs> now, real talk, though, I, re- I really believe. Your journey is the true essence of freedom because you control your own destiny. Like oh, that shit. is the most. That's fucking awesome, bro. Like, yeah, I, 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 I salute anybody that has the balls to do this, what they love, and really rest their laurels on, on like you, you control your own destiny. You, have, you're your own boss. You're your own master. You don't have to answer no fucking body but yourself. That yeah. is so fucking dope. You know, dude, I think the greatest lesson that came out of like all the shit that I've dealt with over the last couple of years, and again, it pales in comparison to anything that you've gone through, right? It's like my first world fucking white person problems. It's bullshit, right? But at the end of the day, like it's altered what I want out of my life to such a degree that all I want to do is be happy. Like if I can wake up on a daily basis and, and be like content and happy and make some coffee and fucking go on my calendar and see what I got and like make a livable wage and just be able to create art for a living. Like I'm blessed. Right. And I think, yes, yes, you are. And, and you can have anything be your photography, right? Like if you want to be a doctor or a teacher or an artist or whatever it is, and you can like wake up happy every day. Like that is, I think in my opinion, the essence of life. What else is there? That's correct. That is correct. You hit the nail right on the fucking donkey. Thanks, man. <laughs> on the donkey. <laughs> not on the head, on, on the, the donkey. <laughs> not, not, not on the tail. Not, the tail is real small. Not on the head. That's why I said the whole fucking donkey. <laughs> I like that. Um, but yeah, man, Like I, I think that, that at the end of the day, the happiness is like my, my single greatest motivator, right? It used to be financial. It used to be money, and it's not anymore. And I think because I've started living my life a different way, it's gotten better in ways that I couldn't possibly imagine beforehand. 
If you're not happy, why the fuck do you do it? Exactly. Yep, exactly. I agree. Um, so you, you, we're, we've sort of been in this creative career. You know, you're uh, a photographer for four years. I'm, I'm somewhere around the same time and full-time for two years. Um, I'm irrationally confident in my abilities and, like, my ability to capture a moment, whether it's street photography or portraiture work or whatever the hell I'm doing. Like, I know I can deliver. Um, what gives you confidence? Uh, I don't have confidence. I'm just assertive. Like, I was like... You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. Like, I try to take the pussy element out of what I'm trying to do. Like, I don't have no confidence whatsoever. I just want to I just make sure. In my head, it's like, just get it done. That's it. it I mean, that's, like, I, that's a bit I don't surprising. Think, I, don't, I don't think. No, it's like, it, when I first started, there was, that, it said, there was that feeling where it was like, all right, you know, what is this person going to say? Am I being weird? I know that they're already looking at me like I'm about to rob them. Like, fuck, you know, what am I going to do? Um, but again, when I had, when I was, you know, a little bit of, of mentoring, um, the, the importance of engaging with a subject in any fraction, whether it be negative or positive, is still going to change the outlook of the story that you're going to capture. Yeah. Wow. So I'm, I'm the confident. Going- yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say I am gonna steal that because that like for me I I I hadn't put that framework into my my art before and I think that's like an, an incredibly important context for for especially street photography right like it, it is more I'm less person focused and more scene focused so right yeah I'm I'm gonna cop that a little bit when I when I try even I I tried to shoot uh, I guess you would say environmental portraits where I would try like. Uh, I, you know, I said, I, I was trying to, I went to YouTube University and was looking for, you know, everybody's version of street photography. I'm like, these guys are fucking like shooting buildings and they're capturing like a person with an umbrella that's in the, in the shadow. I'm like, yo, the shit looks aesthetically beautiful, but it's not telling a story. Yeah. So I made, I made storytelling my number one focus. Mm on um when i'm in the streets or anything i do even if i'm shooting a portrait like not like a, like a street portrait not like um you know yeah, hide yeah. Shoot bullshit, right but i make sure i try like in my head i'm like writing a whole little script because it's like um another gem i got was like um you know screenwriters got you know 90 pages to write a beginning middle and end for their story you know, we got one shutter fucking click. That's it. Mm-hmm. We have to, we have to show the whole fucking story in one shutter click. Mm-hmm. So that in itself enables a whole lot of thinking on the fly because you're trying to create these stories, and you know, in in in, in, in a millisecond. Yeah, I, so, that, that that's the thing that I've been working on the most when it comes to my street photography is like, what am I trying to portray in this image? Like, what is the story I'm trying to tell? And beyond just like spraying and praying or, you know, clicking away and, and not right. having any sort of context for what I'm shooting, um, it's made a, a big difference in the work that I create and like the people that I'm capturing and the state that they're in. Um, it's also, it's funny, like when I look back, like over the last few years of doing street photography, I can almost look at 
who I was or what I was going through when I look at the shit that I was creating, right? Like, you know, maybe I was going through a breakup, so I was shooting a lot of couples or shooting a lot of black and white, or, you know, maybe I was, everything was super happy and I just became an uncle. So I was taking pictures of a lot of kids and like running in the street and shit. So I think to, to some degrees like that, that has been the coolest thing about my journey in street photography is just being able to like look back at the work and, and see the growth and see sort of like the, the stories that I've been able to tell so far. I checked your show too. Your shit is dope, bro. And you have this thing where I call it, I call it the gaze. Like you are captivating um, your subject's eyes and they're like, so like you, you could see through the fucking picture and I, I'll give you your flowers on that shit. Like that oh, shit. Thanks man. I yeah. try to fucking. I'm obsessed with eyes. That's so funny. These eyes and hands are like the two biggest things that I like to fucking shoot, which is you know, not easy from from a street perspective, but like you know, when I'm doing portrait work or, or working with a model, like I like eyes and hands. Eyes are the window to the soul, man. For sure. Um, you mentioned YouTube University. I, I noticed that we have a few uh, common connections. Obviously, this is conversations taking place because of Lynette and Stefan. Um, but I also yeah. had. those are the homies yeah i've also it's funny so like in a lot of ways so like stefan was like probably my entry point into photography stefan and another person jason roman aka stock easy they were like my dude yeah that's 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 my dude that's who i was talking about when we were in the streets and they fucking ogled over his camera and i'm just looking like however yeah jason's my dude man yeah so i love jason i've had him on the podcast and jason was one of those first youtube university people who i was watching everything that the dude put out uh fuji uh youtube videos like fucking model youtube videos like everything that he was putting out i was learning from him and and then i stumbled into stefan and his just incredible breadth of work like truly my apartment i have like fucking 10 or 12 of his photos and one of his you ever get to see um stefan's photos from tumblr that's what oh he... yeah tumblr days mm-hmm. yeah, yeah for sure okay. yeah he he is i think you know like i said i got a dozen plus of his photos hanging on my walls he's probably my biggest inspiration when it comes to photography but um what what i was trying to sort of bring this all up for was because of like these people that i've like been able to admire from afar and then like bring into my own life and on my podcast and like be able to learn from it's made a huge sort of change to like who i am as an artist and like what i'm trying to create um, so for you, like when you're looking at like the next phase of your career and your journey, like what are you trying to portray and what are you trying to create? Um, the main thing I'm trying to create, well, I, 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 can't, I, I don't know. I can't put it. I can't really like, like pinpoint it cause I'm like so scattered. It's like every day I wake up, it's like, all right, I just, I don't know. It's balls to the wall, man. I don't never really have a have a focus. I'm really just like whatever I feel like in that spur of the moment, that's basically what I try to go after. Yeah. It's just like an innate desire to create. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. I don't really, I I know what I don't want to do, but I don't know what I do want to do. I mean, it does. It does. That makes perfect sense. Honestly. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, man. I, like, I think it's just like sort of beautiful how you've been able to take something that I love and that you love and have it be like this tremendous, um, you know, aid in your life, right? Like to be able to take something that is not easy to do, um, 
fucking can be like really traumatic being on the street fucking yeah. telling someone to hey smile motherfucker <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying like it's not easy right it's not like anyone could just pick up a camera and go do make beautiful work um but it's just like super inspiring to me to sort of hear your story and, and the journey that you've been on to like take this part of your life and have it be such like a positive influence for you and i fucking love that i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> isn't that I'm i trying. mean that's what we're all doing right we're just trying Right, but it's like you, it's 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 like positivity is like an eighth of, you know, an eighth of the world when you're surrounded by shit, man. It's and being in New York is like, it's like you're the fucking potato in a put like a pot of shit gumbo. <laughs> you know, you flow into the top, and you know your carrot's gonna come out. It's carrot might taste better, but they're not gonna change color, and the fucking meat is gonna get tender. But you're the potato. You got only thing you can do is get soft. Like you ain't fucking changing from the potato. You know, I, my analogy is just fucked up. I was just gonna say that is one analogy I have not <laughs> yeah, heard before. I, 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 I just, I just made that up. I took out my ass a lot. But I, I hope everybody listening gets the point. Like you're the fucking potato, the, the positive fucking vegetable in the, in the pile of shit gumbo in New York, and you try to do the best you can. But you're still going to taste like a potato while everything else gets seasoned. I think that is an incredibly important lesson. And the the understanding that, like, being able to sort of cognitively realize that you're the master of your own domain. And if you can lead a, light, a life f- with light and happiness and positivity, like, people will pick up on that. And, like, I used to be such a fucking asshole, like, in my 20s. And I was, like, such a dickhead and so selfish and self-centered. And, like, this journey, like, I'm in my 30s now. It's, like, my life is so much better because I've just, like, given myself grace to grow. And no, right. Yeah. Right. Man, yeah, for sure. Like, just That's understanding it. we all go through the same shit. Life's a bitch. And then you die. It's, like, what happens yes. in between and making the most out of the time that you have. That is correct. Yeah. I just wish more people would sip on the Kool-Aid, man. Cause yeah. wow. being in a negative space, man, you're only going to invite negativity into your shit. I feel that because, like, I, I often harp upon that we live in probably the most exhausting time in the history of mankind to be alive. That is correct. So it's, like, hard, right? It's hard to be positive. It's hard to be creative. It's hard to be happy because you're constantly hearing about negative shit. It's everywhere. Correct. Because negative shit sells clicks and advertisements and that shit is That's just terrible correct. yeah it sucks I, I actually um got proposition i would say proposition to uh they wanted to commission me to take like uh photos of the homeless people mm-hmm. and uh you know new york has got a homeless crisis and they're trying to address it so they was like oh you know we like the way you know take photos of them i'm not going to name the publication they was like, oh, yeah, we need this, that, and the third. So being the asshole that I am, I took pictures. I interacted with the homeless guys and say, hey, no, hey, would you want something to eat? I got you. Come on. And then had a conversation, try to find their story and shit. And I took a picture of them in a very good fucking light. And they didn't take about one fucking photo. Yeah. They wanted everybody all disheveled and fucked up. And I said, fuck you and fuck your publication. Because that's not what all humanity is about. Well, you know what it is. It you know, the one one of the big drawbacks of being an artist is if you don't fit the narrative or you're not creating the work that fits the narrative for the story. The narrative. To there you go. That's yeah. the that's the fucking word. Yeah. The narrative. They wanted the fucking. The yeah, they wanted to, the seedy, gritty, dirty, grimy shit, 
And you were like, yo, it's not necessarily 100% negative. Like some of these people can be happy. Some of these people can be content, even though they've got a tough life situation. Or or just having somebody talk to them like a human being. Yeah. But again, that not being, not willing to compromise your own ideals is also very, not tough, but it's it's fucked up that you should have to. That's why I'm still still learning the the business. I just want to focus on the creative part. You know, I'm trying to focus on the on the creative part. My greatest creative lesson is that if you create the work and the work is good and the work is strong, the business side will follow, and it will follow in the manner in which it's supposed to. So like. It might not be today, tomorrow, but I have very little doubt that I'll be buying, uh, you know, a copy of Time Magazine with fucking Kai's photo on the front, and then Hell also, yeah. also copying the T-shirt, which I'm sure you're gonna produce and sell. That <laughs> we was in a clubhouse, and Steven was like, "Yo, I should fucking have a T-shirt that says small motherfucker on it." And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, I mean, that's fucking great." That's great. I, I, I didn't want to be known as a small motherfucker photographer. Yeah, well, I, I understand. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> it is funny, though. I like that. Uh, um, so I like to spend the last bit of every podcast doing like sort of like a Q&A. Uh, some of them are super easy. Some of them are a little bit more in-depth. But my first question is, what's your favorite book? My favorite book? Uh, the Game of Thrones uh, five-book series. Hell yeah. And they're supposed yeah, read, to be more if he ever fucking finishes them. I, no, I, I, I read I read all of them: Fire and Ice, The Dance of Dragons. I, I'm a huge, um, I'm a huge um, Martin fan. Me too. So. Yeah, the books are better than the show for sure. Yes, absolutely. I was so fucking mad. Oh. So mad. It could. How do you possibly. fuck up their red wedding? I, how do you fuck that up? Fuck that. I mean, yeah, they, anyway, they fuck the whole anyway. show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. your What's your favorite movie? My favorite movie: Forrest Gump. Nice. You know, funny enough, that's that's you're the second person in a row that's given me that as their favorite movie. Okay, and just to be fucking all right, my my Forrest Gump followed by Full Metal Jacket. Okay, yeah, that Golden that, that Pile. Kind of, yeah, that kind of gives me a chubby every time I watch it. But I have to censor myself when I'm watching violent. Yeah, you know what time comes. I feel you. Um, what's your favorite food? Pizza. Yeah, what kind? Plain cheese. A plain cheese. I I've been going to the same pizza spot since 1983. Holy shit! Yeah, it's at Kew Gardens in Queens, right by the Long Island Railroad. Oh yeah, I've been there. It's all Danny's. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the. Oh, I was thinking of Spumoni Gardens. You said in Kew Gardens. No, no, it's Spumoni Gardens in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I go there too. I go give me a square. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's alright. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't I'm a that impressed. Whore. Yeah, no, I'm no, no it's, it's it's not. But this. Danny's, oh, oh god, nice. oh yeah. Uh, do you believe in an afterlife? Ah, uh, do I believe in an afterlife? Fuck. Told you it gets a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think that after you die, you walk the earth, depending on uh, whether you get to be around the people that's going to keep your spirit, you know, uh, uplifted. And the hell part of it is being around. The people that you you know love and you see them fuck up in life. I mean, that sounds like some semblance of an afterlife. So I think you do believe in an afterlife. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I do, I do, yeah. I do, I do. What uh, what are you most proud of? My children. I have oh. five beautiful children. Love that. My oldest daughter. She just uh, got a promotion. She's going to be a store manager at twenty-one years old. 
Nice. That's which is sick. unheard of. Making a side. I'm taking her to buy her first car tomorrow. Awesome. I have I have sixteen year old twins. Uh, one. I'm a twin. Is, oh, awesome. Yeah. The the girl twin. She's a a very accomplished artist. Like she could draw her ass off, and she's into coding. And my son, he's into video games. It's it's one brother. Nice. <laughs> I guess she got all the good genes. <laughs> I have a I have a fourteen year old that's running her own hair business. Hair oh. and she's a in, in cosmetology at fourteen. She's She's booked every weekend, so I don't get to see her that much. Wow. <laughs> and my son, my 10-year-old, who oh, about to be 11, is almost uh, five foot nine. Holy shit. Yeah. At 10? And, uh, 11? At 10, yes. Jesus. He, he's a, he's a quite a bright young young man as well. Creates like these little uh, virtual worlds and wow. Roblox and shit like that. So my children are, are my joy and my accomplishment. I my love that. Accomplishment. That's beautiful, man. What's uh what's the best piece of advice someone's ever given you? Be honest. Oh, that's a good one. Be honest and the way and the way that how that resonates is I'm a Libra and I lived a life as a lion Libra for so many years. And when I had a real conversation with an OG about my life and I needed to kind of dial it back again, because you come on from the military, you're fucking wild as shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're wild, especially in your twenties. You're wild as shit, and the life I was living, it was monetarily fulfilling, but I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And during that process, you hurt a lot of people because you're lying. And to be honest, you're only faced with two things: either they accept it or don't accept it. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about trying to explain anything because you can't dispute truth. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, man. Damn, that was that's damn, the, shit. That's the best. That was the best shit. Like, uh, and, and life just became so much easier. Being honest, even though it may hurt, it's still the truth, and you know that it's real. Damn. Fuck, that's pretty good, dude. Wow. Um, last question. Uh, give me a recommendation for something that you've recently consumed. It could be a book, podcast, movie, TV show, music album, just something that you've recently consumed that you want everyone to take a look at. Hmm. Yeah, this is another thinker. Um, I'll give you mine. It may help. I watched Sp- yes. Spiderhead on Netflix last night. It's with uh, Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth, the guy who plays Thor. Yeah, it, right. was, it was fucked up. It was like weird, but it was like one of those fucked up, weird, entertaining movies, and I really liked it. Okay. I would go with, you have to watch The Boys, the series on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It's what DC Comics should be. Yeah. It's the most realistic. Um, it's the best show. Realistic like version of what a superhero could be. And it also drops so many innuendos that deal with modern day events. Yeah. And you would catch it. I mean, the shit is it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Plus. And, and, and you laugh. It's so absurd. It's so yes. absurd. I don't know if I don't know if you've seen on Twitter. So like Friday's episode is supposed to be like fucking insane, more insane than exploding someone's penis in the fucking first five minutes of. Yeah, <laughs> that was the first death by dildo I've seen in my entire life. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm 44. I've never seen a death by dildo. I said, what the fuck? Yeah, I thought I, I thought Homelander jerking off on top of the city was gonna. <laughs> that was the tip of the iceberg. No, 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 no. Yeah. 
That show is wild. That's by a dildo. A fucking hole in his head by a dildo. I said, what the fuck? Yeah, they, they're yeah. they're not holding back one bit <laughs> this season. No, I, I, I love it, and I feel that that type of media is necessary. For me, at least, is, is necessary. I feel that. Uh, Kai, dude, um, man, I'm uh, incredibly thankful that uh, the world has brought us together for this conversation. I am uh, immensely appreciative of your time tonight. I am uh, so wildly thankful that you took the time out to come out and chat with me. Um, I have a super cheesy line. If you've been on my podcast, you're part of my family. So welcome, my man. Uh, just thank you so much for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. Yo, bro, this has been this has been an experience, and you're busting my podcast cherry paws. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I really, I really, 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 really appreciate you know you taking the time to like really uh, allow me to tell my story and you know t- you know tell a little bit about my creative journey that's just beginning. Um, you know, I, 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 I appreciate you. I appreciate all the positive creatives. If you're negative, fuck you. Um, anybody listening? Feel free to follow me on all social media platforms. Just at Nikai Wells, N I I K A I W E L L S. Smile, motherfucker. <laughs> Thanks so much, man. Take care. <laughs>